1: Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I imagine that you're really frustrated now. You're sitting there and you're listening, and the Speaker of the House says he wants an impeachment inquiry. This is something you and I have been calling for now for several months, actually. And we've said, when will the House Republicans do something? Do something about this corrupt president. So you're hearing from the left-wing media that there's no evidence that Joe Biden took any money regurgitating what the Democrat Party says. And I've written about the state-run party, the Democrat Party, and the state-run media. And I want to thank some of my friends in this business and on TV for regurgitating it. Don't worry. You don't have to put a footnote and tell, tell anybody where you read it from. It's okay. I got it from Raymond Aron a brilliant philosopher and journalist from France who I've cited in at least three of my books, and you can find that in my endnotes. I don't expect the same from people who don't do their homework. But that's a separate issue. So when you hear people like Matt Gates, I'm putting the budget aside. We're going to have Chris Roy up on here. We're going to have a good talk about the budget. Uh, Chip Roy. But when you hear Matt Gates going on about that this is a diversion by the speaker. I've had about enough of that. I am so pissed off you have no idea that these Republicans, even so-called conservatives, can't coalesce around an impeachment inquiry? That is overdue? Are you kidding me? I don't know what their agenda is. It's not a conservative agenda. That's number one. Number two, I am sick and tired of hearing people like Ken Buck and others say, there's no evidence of an impeachable offense. There's no evidence that Joe Biden took any money. The Democrat Party is saying this. The media is saying this. That's not the test for impeachment. And I want to encourage James Comer. I want to encourage my dear friend Jim Jordan. I want to encourage what the other guy's name? Smith of House. Ways and Means Committee, you need to broaden what you're looking into here. Yes, continue to look into what you are, financial crimes, profiteering, and so forth. But impeachment is broader than that, America. And here's where I want to provide you with information. Here's where I want to educate these members of Congress. The media are liars, and they know it, but we'll educate them along the way, too. And Mr. Buck... And Mr. Buck. There have been great books written about impeachment. First one would be the Federalist Papers. Madison's Notes. That's pretty good. But impeachment goes back. Impeachment goes back to the, to the British. It goes back to the uh, Parliament versus the King. It goes back to a significant period of time. And this was argued. It was debated at the Constitutional Convention. Now, they never came up with a specific definition of high crimes and misdemeanors. But they certainly didn't mean solely and only crimes committed under the criminal code. There was no criminal code. They just formed the government. And so we're having an entire national debate on idiocy. And it's intentional. The state-run party, the Democrat party, with the state-run media, pushing a narrative with the help of quislings in the Republican Party. First, some current history, American history. Donald Trump was wrongly impeached, and he was impeached twice. One on Ukraine, one on January 6th. Nobody said, where's the evidence? The evidence of what? But there certainly wasn't any money involved. There there certainly wasn't any violation of the criminal code. They specifically impeached him on insurrection and sedition. One count. That was it. Rammed it through, rammed it through. The Senate couldn't muster the votes to convict him. So he was adjudicated innocent. But they still accuse him of it. But nonetheless, not my point. Bill Clinton, he was impeached. And the impeachment surrounded the issues of lying under oath and obstruction of justice. Andrew Johnson was impeached. Virtually every one of those 11 articles was based on the Tenure of Office Act. I don't have enough time tonight to get into this, because that was an unconstitutional law. But that's beside the point. So you actually have Andrew Johnson impeached on trumped-up charges. Bill Clinton was impeached for lying under oath and obstructing justice. Donald Trump was impeached twice on trumped-up charges. So where's the evidence, they say? Where's the evidence that Joe Biden got one penny? I even heard this on Fox and Friends today. Where's the evidence that he got one penny? There doesn't have to be any evidence that he got one penny. If he opened the door to his son having access to foreign governments, to foreign corporations, from which his son and son alone made 20, 30, 40 million dollars. That is an impeachable offense. If he assisted his son, in making those connections, and his son did not register under FARA, then actually he's a co-conspirator in that. Well, how did he know? It doesn't matter. That is an impeachable offense. When he violates our immigration laws, when he just wipes clean 700,000 cases for adjudication, when he keeps the border open, so fentanyl's coming into the country, so that murder that they just caught in Pennsylvania comes into the country, so God knows who's coming into the country, creating mayhem and anarchy. In our cities and in our states, and certainly on the border, that is an impeachable offense. We're not talking about mere policy disputes. We're talking about a real impact on the nation, on the people of this country. Now, how do I know this? Because unlike everybody else who's commented on this on TV and radio, I've studied it. Here, I'll, I'll give you a short lesson on this from the Congressional Research Service. Can't read it all. The debates at the Constitutional Convention over what behavior should be subject to impeachment focused mainly on the president. In discussing whether the president should be removable by impeachment, Governor Morris argued that the president should be removable through the impeachable process, noting concern that the president might, quote, be bribed by a greater interest to betray his trust. And pointed to the example of Charles II receiving a bribe from Louis XIV. The adoption of high crimes and misdemeanor standard during the Constitutional Convention reveals that the framers did not envision impeachment as a proper remedy for simple policy disagreements with the president. During the debate, the framers rejected a proposal to include, in addition to treason and bribery, maladministration as an impeachable offense which would have presumably incorporated a broad range of common law offenses. Although maladministration was a ground for impeachment in many state constitutions at the time of the Constitution's drafting, the framers instead adopted the term high crimes and misdemeanors from English practice. James Madison objected to including maladministration as grounds for impeachment because such a vague standard would be, quote, equivalent to a tenure during the pleasure of the Senate, unquote. I agree with that. But that's not what we're talking about. The convention voted to include high crimes and misdemeanors instead. Arguably, the framers' rejection of such a broad term supports the view that congressional disagreement with the president's policy goals is not sufficient grounds for impeachment. Fair enough. Of particular importance to the understanding of high crimes and misdemeanors to the framers was a roughly contemporaneous British impeachment proceeding of Warren Hastings. I'm not going to get into that in great detail. While evidence of precisely what conduct the framers and ratifiers of the Constitution considered to constitute high crimes and misdemeanors is relatively sparse, the evidence available indicates that they considered impeachment to be an essential tool to hold government officers accountable for political crimes or offenses against the state. James Madison considered it indispensable, I'm quoting him, indispensable that some provision be made for defending the community against incapacity? Negligence or perfidy of the chief executive. Boy, that sure fits. As the president might, quote, pervert his administration into a scheme of peculation or oppression, or betray his trust to foreign powers. Betray his trust to foreign powers. Alexander Hamilton in explaining the Constitution's impeachment provisions described impeachable offenses as arising from quote the misconduct of public men or in other words this is him from the abuse or violation of some public trust such offenses were political he said as they relate chiefly to injuries done immediately to the society itself where's the evidence that Biden took money who cares that's not the test These political offenses could take innumerable forms and simply could not be neatly delineated at the time. At the North Carolina Ratifying Convention, James Iredell, later to serve as Associate Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, noted the difficulty in defining what constitutes an impeachable offense beyond causing injury to the government. For him, impeachment was, quote, calculated to bring offenders to punishment for a crime which is not easy to describe which everyone must be convinced is a high crime and misdemeanor against the government. The occasion for its exercise will arise from acts of great injury to the community. Thought the president would be impeachable for receiving a bribe, of course, or, quote, acting from some corrupt motive or other, but not merely for one of judgment, for some corrupt motive. Similarly, Samuel Johnson, then the governor of North Carolina, and later the state's first senator, thought impeachment was reserved for great misdemeanors against the public. These are offenses against the public that they were concerned about. At the Virginia ratifying convention, a number of individuals claimed that impeachable offenses were not limited to indictable crimes. For example, James Madison himself argued that were the president to assemble a minority of states in order to ratify a treaty at the expense of the other states, this would constitute impeachable misdemeanor. Hey, Joe Biden is essentially entering into a treaty with Iran. He's not even trying to organize a minority of states. He's doing it on his own in violation of the treaty clause of the Constitution. Oh, Mark, come on. And Virginia Governor Edmund Randolph will become the nation's first attorney general. Noted that impeachment was appropriate for a, quote, willful mistake of the heart, but not for incorrect opinions. In other words, if you're intentionally letting fentanyl into this country... You don't have to actually sign off on people bringing it into the country, but if you're aware that your policies are resulting in 100,000 Americans dying every year, fentanyl coming into the country, that's an impeachable offense. James Wilson, delegate to the Constitutional Convention from Pennsylvania, by the way, and later a Supreme Court Justice, delivered talks at the College of Philadelphia on impeachment following the adoption of the federal constitution. He claimed that impeachment was reserved to political crimes and misdemeanors and to political punishments. He argued that in the eyes of their framers, impeachments did not come within the sphere of ordinary jurisprudence, in other words, ordinary criminal law. They are founded on different principles, are governed by different maxims, and are directed to different objects. Thus, for Wilson, the impeachment and removal of an individual did not preclude a later trial and punishment for a crime. The great Associate Justice Joseph Story, who's looked to often because he's written so brilliantly about the Constitution. His writings on the Constitution echo the understanding that impeachment applied to political offenses. He noted that impeachment applied to those, quote, offenses committed by men, public men, in violation of their public trust and duties, duties that are often political. And like Hamilton's story, considered the range of impeachable offenses, quote, so various in their character, so indefinable in their actual Involutions that it is almost impossible to provide systematically for them by positive law. Now, that's what High Crimes and Misdemeanors is all about. There's ambiguity, but not so much ambiguity that it is unclear that Joe Biden, in his violation of Supreme Court orders, in his violation of immigration practices resulting in the death of Americans, and I could go on and on, should have been impeached a long time ago. So to hear this guy gates in the oh, this is a distraction. This is a distraction. Read your damn Constitution, Mr. Conservative. I'll be right back. Mark Lubin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I mean, these Republicans everywhere you look, they're stupid on the Senate side they're about to sell out the country on spending and some anonymous senator brave senator brave establishment Republican McConnellite senator says to the Hill newspaper it's another radical left-wing piece of trash. Says to them, "Well, you know, we we don't like this. I mean, this just distracts us, and you know, we could lose seats and everything. You know, like what? Didn't you put your damn hand on the Bible and take an oath, a solemn oath, to uphold the Constitution, you fool? When you have a president in the United States who's violating it left and right." whose actions clearly can win the four corners of the phrase high crimes and misdemeanors and you guys are worried about your asses in the next election well we'll kick him out then what are you going to do then what the hell are you going to do you morons I'll be right back You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com.
0: You're listening to
2: Denali, the Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. When you
1: read my book, The Democrat Party Hates America, the launch will be Friday. It comes on uh, on most stores on Tuesday. Uh, you'll, t- you'll see my writings about the state-run party and their state-run media, and by that, Uh, Raymond Aron meant, and I mean, basically there's no distinction between the Democrat Party and the government. Which is why they want more and more government, more and more centralized government. Which is why they go through the motions of wanting free and fair elections, but they try and destroy the electoral process in order to empower themselves and either destroy the GOP or make the GOP a party into Mitch McConnell or Mitt Romney's party. In other words, a bunch of uh, quizzlings, and we have so many of them in the Republican Party. See, it's not the goal of the Republican Party to transform America fundamentally and turn it into a Marxist-American form of paradise. That doesn't mean that party is without fault. It's a quizzling party. It's a party with fools as leaders. Look at the Senate. What the hell has the Senate done? What have the Republicans done? But not just leaders, rank and file, you know, these these conservatives. I'm the conservative. I'll put my credentials up against any damn one of these guys. When you're out there parading around in front of the cameras, talking about how an impeachment inquiry is a distraction, you're part of the problem. When you're at Ken Buck and you're out there saying, I don't see any evidence, then you're blind as a bat. Why the hell do you think this guy, who was a back who nobody gave a damn about, is now all over TV? Like Chris Christie, Mr. Big 2%. Because they're useful idiots, that's why. It's a distraction? Oh, okay. Well, then we'll give all the power to the Democrats and they'll fix the economy. The same economy they destroyed. This is a great one. You're the Democrats going on. We need to focus on table issues. Bread and butter issues. You already did And you destroyed all of it. So apparently, the Constitution is nowhere in line when it comes to Senate Republicans. And apparently, some House Republicans. That's a backbencher issue, don't you know? They all sound like Marxists anymore to me. That's all they sound like to me. I want you to listen to a montage from Trumpet Daily hat tip to them, Democrats in the media, there is no evidence. There is no evidence. Evidence of what? There's unbelievable amount of evidence that Joe Biden has committed political acts in violation of his public trust, benefiting his family. He doesn't have that what, damn sh- a shekel, not a nickel. And this is why the The Republican Brain Trust needs to broaden their discussion about impeachment here. In addition to what they have found and what they're going to find, they need to do investigations on what happened on the the border. That's got to be part of it. The effects of Biden's intentional violations of immigration laws and the impact on the people. That is an impeachable effect. He's continuing it purposely. In other words, ready? Ready, America? Take on this Marxist revolution that is destroying our culture and destroying our lifestyles and destroying our communities. Take them on! I don't know. Am I talking to deaf ears uh, in the Capitol building? Maybe I am. Cut to go. You know, the president has been in politics
2: for a long time. And I think, as he would say, he's seen a lot of malarkey along the way. But this might take the cake. This is all smoke and no fire. What a waste of time and money. I don't see any probable cause here. Uh, there's just no evidence. I have John not Dean, seen any everybody
1: it. goes to John Dean for an opinion, don't they? Wasn't he disbarred? I think he was. Didn't he do time because of war? I think he did. But it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We got him. Oh, we got all the great ones coming up here. Go ahead. Any crime at all. No
0: evidence so far that ties Joe Biden to any of this, uh, at least nothing that they have brought forward and that we have seen. Have you seen said evidence?
2: No, not a scintilla
3: of evidence.
1: I have seen said evidence. Stop going to the Helen Kellers, go to some serious people. I've seen said evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors all over the damn place. Ask the families that are suffering from all the death and mayhem as a result of the open border and violation of immigration laws. How about violating Supreme Court decisions through the back door, like the so-called student loan forgiveness activity? What about that? Does that bother them? No, 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 no. no, no, no Bother them at all? The court is, in their view, it's a right-wing enterprise.
4: Go ahead. Shred of evidence that President Joe Biden.
1: Who is this? Hakeem Jeffries. Well, let's go to Hakeem Jeffries to get his opinion on that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that'll be smart. Go ahead.
4: He's in wrongdoing. No business dealings of Hunter Biden's or anyone's was discussed in these conversations. I think they're making making it up. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed an impeachable offense. A substantial majority of Americans believe something which is not true. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed a crime.
1: you got to stop. See what I mean? This guy's an idiot. They're all idiots. President doesn't have to rob a bank to have committed a high crime and misdemeanor. That's not what they meant. How hard is... I just quoted from you, rather than some of the scholarly books on this subject that I have right behind me. I just quoted from you. So it'd be really easy for members of Congress to read from the Congressional Research Service. That's their research service. What a high crime and misdemeanor. Does anybody remember us going through all this with the two Trump phony impeachments? Defining, well, there's no evidence. Wow, well, what did they mean? By it? What did it? No, they just said, do it, baby. Do it, get it over with. Rogue, Rogue impeachments. No hearing. Blow him out. First impeachment, <clears throat> secret transcripts, secret testimony in the basement. Go ahead. Blow it out. Go get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Now, it's there's no evidence here. Show me where he took one penny. We even have commentators saying this stuff because they're idiots. They don't even understand what an impeachment is. Go ahead. Like, you've got to have some accusation you can make,
5: and they don't really have anything right now. I, I think, think he- I
1: made, who's that idiot? I don't know. I've made many accusations. But they're not accusations. They're facts. They're facts. I want to ask, all you listening out there, has Joe Biden set in motion the ability of terrorists, criminals, Rapists, murderers, drug kingpins. Has he created the situation where they can all come across the border? Has he created the situation where people are being raped and tortured? Has he? Has he created the situation where drugs can come across the border like fentanyl? Does he know these things are happening? Yes. Is it intentional that that border is open? Yes. That he's destroyed parole, that he's destroyed the whole notion of refugee status, that he's destroyed the administrative court system with respect to this, because they're overwhelmed, they can't, they can't really hold enough hearings to deal with people coming across. Has he done these things? Yes. Has he done them purposely? Yes. There you go. Open and shut case. But you can't tie, tie him. It's his policies. Now, policy differences alone, that's not an impeachable offense. But when hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying, when Americans are being brutalized, when schools are overrun, when our law enforcement's overrun, and this is done intentionally as a matter of an agenda, that is an impeachable offense. Oh. That's not a mere policy disagreement. There are consequences. Let me work on this one. The fact that Joe Biden opened doors to his son, whether on Air Force Two, whether taking calls on the speaker phone, whether having dinner with his business partners and all the rest of it. And of course, we do have witnesses. I guess people forgot about Devin Harper. I guess they forgot about Bobolinsky. I guess they forgot all about the laptop. You don't even need all that. The fact is that Joe Biden helped his son, wittingly or unwittingly, to take tens of millions of dollars from foreign governments that benefited the Biden family that may influence Biden administration policy. That's enough. You know, do you know of another president in American history who's done anything like this? Of course not. And one of the great delegates to the Constitutional Convention was specifically concerned about foreign influence. If this isn't foreign influence, then what the hell is? And Joe didn't have to take a single penny. Not one penny. People are lying to you. These phony media types, they just regurgitate stuff. It's the state-run media backing the state-run party. And shame... Of people who, who throw in with this crowd. Shame on you. Senate Republicans. So-called Senate, House conservatives. Well, oh, That's a distraction. Distraction? What, you boys can't walk and chew gum at the same damn time? Apparently not. Then get the hell out of the way. And we'll elect people who can. Yeah, am I angry? I am disgusted. Absolutely disgusted disgusted by the lies in the media, by the lies by these political parties. The Democrat Party doesn't even like the Constitution. If you're going to fundamentally transform America, you can't support the Constitution. One of their presidents, one after another after another, rejects the Declaration of Independence. They keep talking about fundamental transformation. Biden does. Michelle does. Barack does. Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. He does. And now suddenly, they say, well, there's, there's no crime here under the Constitution. We are facing a revolution. These fools on Capitol Hill either don't get it or they don't prioritize it. We're going to lose in the purple districts to Biden. Get off your ass, explain to the American people what's going on, and help save the damn country. I'll be right back. Mark
3: Levin.
1: You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592. LEVIN to 68592, or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. We're going to have our friend Chip Roy on the program. Chip is a long-time friend. He's a good man. I don't pretend to understand all the ins and outs of this budget process. I'm just, you know, a regular guy who believes you shouldn't be spending massively and pushing the nation into a debt spiral. But I want to know exactly what's going on up there on Capitol Hill because I'm hearing different voices say different things, even from among conservatives, what they want and they don't want. And then there's... Uh, One of the few people I really admire at the Wall Street Journal, Kimberly Strassel, who wrote last week, an even bigger political price would be paid by Republicans for jamming a speaker with such a slim majority. She writes, not me, the GOP kamikazes won't be bullied into submission and they might use the Senate pressure as an excuse to dig in against work on regular appropriations, provoking a government shutdown. In that case, the Republicans will take total blame. Under the debt ceiling rules, if Congress fails to enact all 12 regular appropriations bills by the end of the year, discretionary accounts, including the military, are subject to a 1% cut. She writes, how does that help Mr. McConnell's Ukraine priority? Conversely, suppose the pressure grows so great on McCarthy that he's forced to pass a supplemental appropriation with Democratic votes. The next call may be a motion to vacate the chair, leaving the House Speaker... The House Speaker lifts again, and that's something that, again, that uh, Gates is pushing. So I want to know where Chip stands on this, and I want to understand this better. Because if they really need to pass these 12 regular appropriations bills, shouldn't that be the focus? I don't know. We'll get information from him. As I say, he's on top of this stuff, and uh, I'm not a legislator, thank God. You know what I am out here? We're kind of the intellectual rabble-rousers. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? We're going to have Thomas Sowell on my new Saturday show. Again, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, same format, but always a new show. And Sunday will be 8 p.m. Eastern as well. Same format, new guests and so forth. And he wrote me a beautiful, beautiful inscription in his new book. And I'm telling you... He is an icon to me. And he reached out and he asked if I would talk to him. And I would interview him and that he had really no intention of doing other, any other programs. He wanted to come on our program. And I said, absolutely. And I'm sure it'll be covered very carefully by Colby, what is the idiot's name? Hall over there, Mediite. This guy's an a-hole. This guy, the pinnacle of his career is collecting clips from other people over at Mediaite. Basically, they're a knockoff of Media Matters. If I were Media Matters, I'd be very upset that there's another sleazy operation in town trying to fill their lane. And this crowd is, they're in love with Scarborough. But why wouldn't they be? Collectively, they have an IQ of negative 17. But nobody knows who Kobe Hall is, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to reach down and slap the crap out of the guy. He's got a, a, a pathetic life. Can you imagine? This is what you do every day? What he does? And it's just another Democrat conga line of low IQ, pre morons. He's a comic book character. That's all he is. Colby Hall. I've made his name known more than anybody else, certainly more than him. Does anybody know who he is? Anybody know if he's ever said something intelligent? The answer is no and no. More on Kobe in the future, I'm sure. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Hello America, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. It's a pleasure to have my buddy Chip Roy on. Chip, how are you?
4: Mark, I'm doing great. How are you, my friend?
1: I don't know. I'm ticked off about everything. You want to know the truth.
4: But anyway, Chip, can
1: you explain to we the people in plain English this budget issue, what's going on in the Senate, what's going on in the House, please?
4: Yes, I can. Now, I said I was doing great. Now you're going you're gonna to drag me down by having to talk about this. Because this come, my... come live in my world. Go ahead. <laughs> Amen, brother. Look, here's the deal. Uh, we set out, obviously early this year, worked to deal with the speaker. We thought we should be spending at a level that would be pre-COVID level spending, uh, trying to give a shot to increase defense a little bit, get the bureaucracy back to pre-COVID, you know, 2022 levels. Well, debt deal was cut. It was a higher level. I didn't like it. Fast forward. Now we're in a question of how we're going to fund government by the end of September. We passed one appropriations bill in in July, part of the defense package, and now we've got the defense bill that was supposed to be on the floor this week, and we don't have full agreement. Here's why. Because there's a block of conservatives in in the House who are saying, one, we need to hold down our spending levels, but two, importantly, we've got to use the power of the purse to force change out of the Biden administration. We've got a border that's out of control. We've got a DOJ that's out of control and weaponized against the president of the United States, the average American citizens, an ATF that's trying to turn criminals out of gun owners. Uh, we've got a Department of Defense that's woke, that's more concerned about social engineering than the first mission to defend the country. So we're trying to force change through the spending process. And that's what's at stake right now. And, and look, some of us are just saying, guys, we're not going to break – We're going to hold the line and say that we've got to get changes out of the Senate and the president. And that's what's currently being debated as we speak.
1: What are the Republicans in the Senate doing?
4: They're utterly useless. I mean, look, the House is having the debate that needs to be had. We don't always agree on it, but we're having the debate that needs to be had. The Senate is being utterly useless. Other than a handful of champions, there, obviously led by Mike Lee, um, who are trying to do the right thing. Most are already pre-capitulating. Mitch McConnell is trashing Tommy Tupperfield for da- daring to stare up, stand up for life and holding up these nominations at DOD, uh, and, and he's already trying to preemptively surrender on the uh, spending fight. So the Senate is not helping. We're trying to hold the Senate accountable and say, guys, we're going to keep fighting in the House. Um, and you know what, Mar- Mark, you and I lived through 10 years ago when I was Ted Cruz's chief of staff to fight over Obamacare. And I've had some of my colleagues say, Oh, my God, you know what happened after that? It was terrible. So wait a minute. Hold on. What was terrible? In 2014, Republicans gained 14 seats to get to 247 and gained nine seats in the Senate, the largest Republican majority since 1929. Part of that was because Ted Cruz stood up and fought against Obamacare and showed that if we stand up, people will be inspired. That's what we're trying to do now.
1: I think part of the problem is, and I'm having trouble understanding what exactly is the position that conservatives are coalescing around. Is it the border? I mean, in addition to cutting spending, what is it exactly? The border, the Department of Justice, what is it?
4: So, great question. In part, made more difficult because of how bad this administration is at war with all of us on, in many ways, an existential fight. We are saying that we should be securing this country first. The first order of government is to secure the blessings of liberty, right? And they should secure us. They should secure our border. The military should be doing its core responsibility. We are saying that do those things, fund those things, and that's what we'll do. Yes, the border is the tip of that spear. I'm a Texan. Yesterday they reported 9,000, 9,000 encounters. We have all the stories like this illegal in Pennsylvania that, would, that, that stabbed a woman 28 times, then broke out of jail. We have the kid who was killed in Ohio by an illegal immigrant released into the country. We have, Mark, you're gonna believe this, the Inspector General, 60,000 releases a month, and the Inspector General found that of a million released between 21 and 22 for over 15 months, 177,000 of them gave false addresses and multiple addresses at, like, bus stops and all sorts of things. We have no idea where they are.
1: It doesn't help. I'm being honest with you, Chip, your buddy of mine, when Gates is out there talking about that impeachment inquiry is a diversion. A lot of us want an impeachment inquiry. We've asked for an impeachment inquiry. My audience wants an impeachment inquiry. Can't we walk and chew gum at the same times on the Republican side?
4: Of course we can. And, and, you know, Matt's a friend. I mean, on this point, I I disagree, and I've said this repeatedly, we should have an inquiry. I applaud uh, McCarthy for advancing, going down the road of an inquiry. Um, uh, I've been advocating it for a while. The work that Jamie Comer has been doing has been pretty darn solid, given and People don't realize this. You, you, you worked in the Justice Department. I was a former prosecutor. We don't have the backing of the Justice Department. So we're having to do it through the staff at the uh, Oversight Committee. And you got to work through it. So they've been getting the information, draw the whistleblowers, make the case. I mean, we're only eight months in. They've they've laid that foundation. You now do an impeachment inquiry. You now go up to the bank records. You go to try to follow the dollars, see where the dollars went from the foreign nationals to Hunter Biden. We believe to Joe, certainly either direct, if not directly, certainly in terms of funding. Let's go follow all that. And that's what this is about. An impeachment inquiry gives you the tools you need to heighten the power of what we're asking for in subpoenas, as you well know, in court.
1: You know, Chip, I don't understand a couple of things here. You point out the Ted Cruz situation. I'll I'll double you down there. Which president had the two biggest massive landslide victories in modern American history? Ronald Reagan. He shut down the government six times. Six times. If the people know you're trying to do the right thing and that the other side isn't, and of course you don't have the media with you, that makes it, Much more important that we have a united voice, particularly among conservatives who are trying to do the right thing, that they get up there, not just 20 of you, but 50 of you, 80 of you, and I'm not talking about you in particular, I'm just saying, and get together and say, these are the three things we want, we want, you know, on the board, I can just hear it now, I can write the speech, I can deliver the speech. But if you've got a a couple Uh, of knuckleheads that are off there charging on their own, it makes it much more complicated. I don't know that there's anything you could do about it. I'm just saying it.
4: So everything I've done, Mark, since early August um, has been designed to try to shove all of this through the funnel of security with, as I said, the border being the tip of the spear. Everybody in America is starting to feel it. The New Yorkers are feeling it. Heck, even liberals in New York, the mayor of New York, they're going, oh, crap, what have we bought? We're starting to get a wake up to it. So to me, if you want to rally around something and you want to force change, like we can't get everything we want in this current divided government with this administration. But we can constrain spending and fight for something to change the disaster at our border because it is fundamentally endangering us, undermining our sovereignty, empowering cartels, empowering China, killing our kids. And frankly, it's killing migrants, getting sold into the sex trafficking trade. So I believe we can win this fight if Republicans are willing to do it. Now, here's the thing. I was at a Republican lunch today, and I was having to make the case. And the response was always, Chip, but we'll, we, you know what will happen? We'll get blamed. I'm like, no sh- no kidding. We'll I'm get blamed. so sick
1: right? of it. How about, but, can I just interrupt you a second? Do they understand on the issues the American people are with us? And that rather than allowing the Democrats to use your usual Marxist, you know, BS about how little kids are going to go hungry and seniors are going to go without. why Why don't we get out there and say we're the ones that want to prevent what's going on on the border? We're the ones who want to prevent the Democrats from destroying, you know, home ownership and pushing interest rates higher and so forth and so on. Why don't we take what the American people are telling us they don't like about what the Democrats are doing? and rub their noses in it as a group
4: amen mark and i'm working to try to get us to some sort of unified position to do that and and stated even I'll, I'll, I'll go even further What not only are the american people with us the whole point here is in a republic we're leading even if they weren't with us we should do the right thing but they are with us so gosh you got all the wind in your sails The American people want leadership. They want it to secure the border. They want their defense to be focused on guns and bullets and boats and planes and people trained to fly those things and not training to be, you know, transsexual or something. We've got people who want us to actually uh, reduce spending and constrain spending instead of a $2 trillion deficit. We've got people who want the Department of Justice to focus on fentanyl and gangs and cartels and criminals and not let criminals on the street, rather than targeting Scott Smith in Loudoun County, or Mark Halk in Philadelphia, or former President Trump. They want us to do our damn job. So why don't we campaign and run on those things, and then do something about it?
1: To me, it's like abortion. The Democrats want abortion right up to the point of birth. Americans do not. We never said that. I got chapter and verse of them saying that and voting for it. I don't know why we... I don't know... How do these people get elected? I thought, aren't they like the pinnacle of, of politicians They get elected? And now it's, oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You're afraid of what? I don't get it. I honestly, well, that, not. I'm not a politician. I just don't get it.
4: Well, the good news, that looks like venture into positive land. You know, the 20 of us that were on the floor in, in, in January, and there are differences of opinion and all that, but we forced some reasonable change. We've gotten some really good things. H.R. 2 was a great border bill. Limit State Bro was a great spending bill. Unfortunately, we didn't stick with it. Uh, We got a great bill in the, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act, which got rid of transgender surgeries and abortion, all this stuff. Good bills. When we're united, we're doing a good thing because of the work we're doing. So let's just take stock that there are some of us who are trying to move the needle and force these guys to have to answer. And you know what? It is working. I'll tell you, Mark, they're a bit in a little bit of a Gordian knot. They're kind of tied up on themselves because we're highlighting that, guys. When you vote to fund these things, you're voting for that stuff. You're voting to give money to Merrick Garland to go after Scott Smith and you know uh, Mark House or the pre- former president. You're voting to give Alejandro Mayorkas more money. You're voting to give them the ability to let nine thousand. Let's more make something clear because I know you got to
1: run. Yep. The majority of the Republicans in the Senate are supporting exactly that, aren't they? Schumer has run in circles around these guys. He's going to break the ceiling that you guys negotiated a few months ago. He's adding more crap to it. McConnell, who really should not be the leader anymore, but the guys behind him are no better. They are supporting this. Yes or no?
4: Yes. And we've got to break the back of Republican senators as much as we have to break the back of Democrat senators. And that's just the stark reality in Washington.
1: And that's what makes it so damn tough, quite frankly, because the pressure's always on the upward side and never on the downward side. There's no reason the Department of Justice should be having the money that it has. None. No reason the FBI should have the money. It should Look, I used to work there. I don't care. Yep. There's no reason they should. If you're not going to let the Border Patrol do its job, then what are we paying all this money for? I don't even know. We're going to have 80,000 new IRS agents. You know, the Senate's signing off on all this stuff. The Republicans. Somebody asked me the other day, a caller, Chip, would I support Renewal the Patriot Act? I said, you know, I supported it originally. I absolutely would not. Unless there's a fundamental change where there's some kind of check and balance and so forth and so on. Because if we rubber stamp that thing, They'll use it even more, because they'll see there's no downside to it. I want to catch terrorists as much as the next guy. But we didn't always have the Patriot Act. And unless they come forward with some kind of a Patriot Act that I can really understand, that has some checks and balances, that has something going on, where it can't be turned against a presidential campaign or American citizens, oops, one million monitorings, we made a mistake. Now, that's not acceptable. Where do you stand on that?
4: Well... Look, I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation. You know, for for it for a longer time. Let, I agree. Me, my, I don't know what you, Are we running out of time? Because like,
1: no, my, I'm not. My, but my I'm concerned is, that uh, you have to go.
4: Well, I've got to go give a speech at a thing. But like, look, we, here's what I'm. I, I just want to make sure your listeners are left with. They need to turn the heat up on their senators and their members of Congress. They have to, because. Right now is the time. We, we lost our leverage last December with the omnibus that the 17 senators sold us out on. We, we now have to work within the confines of the debt ceiling deal to try to hold spending in check to go fight for them in the border. We can't wait 18 months for, God willing, a President DeSantis, Trump, or someone else to be in here to save the country. We have to do it now. So we've got to turn the heat up on these guys to check them in order to do our job. That's, that's the main thing that we need right now.
1: How much time do we have? No time, right? we got to get on with it now.
4: we got to get on with it right now. I mean, that's the thing. The leverage point we have is this spending fight right now. It's the only leverage point we have for the next year. Yeah, we have a few, like Pfizer reauthorization. We might be able to check the Department of Justice you were just talking about. Uh, you know, there's a couple farm bill, but none of those have to be dealt with. The, the, the funding fight, this is the fight. It's the only real fight for the next 15, 16, 18 months until the presidential election is adjudicated. So we've got to do that now. And again, you want to inspire people to show up to the polls, fight for them. But, but mm-hmm. you know, we can't just keep rubber stamping the same crap in Washington and hand it over to the uh, to the Democrats just to keep doing what they're doing. They made felons out of people for simply having a pistol break.
1: hundred uh, percent. Seriously,
4: like, yes, it, it, you, you've got to fight that.
1: All right, man. By the way, how are you feeling these days, may I ask? I don't get to talk to you unless you're on the radio, you know.
4: Uh, no, you can talk anytime, time, brother. Done. How are you feeling? You good?
1: Good enough. Let me put it that way. All right, my man. We love you. By the way, when did you get that goatee? But-
4: Uh, I grew that out during the pandemic, and and everybody I saw said I looked better with it, which I didn't take offense to. They just wanted me to cover my face. I said, look, I got a face for radio. Uh, That's that's what I got.
1: Excuse you. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care of yourself. Thank you. God bless, brother. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye. I don't know about that goatee. I'm just saying myself personally. By the way, he and I are fast friends. There have been people that try to come between us. Look, I don't agree with everybody. They don't agree with me. On some things, I'm more hardcore than others. It's okay. I come to my conclusions independently. For instance, we don't have time, and that's okay. I think we need to massively increase defense spending. Whatever you think about Ukraine and Russia, I'm not talking about that. That's a separate budget item. I'm talking about the United States military. China is a grave threat to our liberty to our security, and to your children. Because if we go to war with China, there's going to be a draft. There's no question about it. And we are not spending enough on defense. That's my opinion. So be it. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
1: Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand. Crack screen that gives you glass splinters. Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Now pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure talk, simply smarter wireless. Well, here we are. It's a good man. Look, there's a lot of good people up there. Just not enough of them, quite frankly. I think uh, many senators are very lazy. They enjoy being called a senator. They enjoy being treated like some kind of conquering heroes. They have an arrogance about them. They have a smugness about them. You can see it every time McConnell has a press conference when he's not staring into oblivion. Most of the men standing around him and women are exactly that way. The female senator from West Virginia inherited her power from her daddy. Alaska, there's another female senator who inherited her power from her daddy. These are very smug, arrogant people. It's much easier. You know, if Richard Nixon had been a democrat, he never would have had to resign. Now, you know how I know that? Because Franklin Roosevelt, John Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson did what Richard Nixon did times 10 with the IRS, the FBI and later with the CIA. Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand. Crack screen that gives you glass splinters. Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from PureTalk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. This is where Hollywood
0: liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. I want
1: to have a little heart-to-heart with you, my radio family, and I really feel that way. I know when I write a book like this, The Democrat Party Hates America, and put a title on a book like this, that I'm putting a target between my eyes and on my back. I know that there are friends, both in the media, think tanks, other organizations, that are afraid to get involved. For a variety of reasons, some legitimate, some not legitimate. I understand that. I also understand, it's already begun, that I will come under attack because the very people who I expose in their institutions, the only way they know of fighting back is to attack. Particularly now because we're in the middle of a revolution a revolution that is thoroughly embraced by the Democrat Party, that is actually being led by the Democrat Party in surrogates, in the culture and in the government. I understand that. I've already prepared my family for what's to come, because it's come before, but I think it'll come in a much uglier way now. And so these books that I write are very scholarly, and yet... I believe they're in plain English, readable, especially this one. You will see them come at it and claim it lacks scholarship. It lacks intelligence. It lacks this, it lacks that. I would implore you to ignore them. These are hit men and hit women for their revolution and for the Democrat Party. Corporatists are going to be very concerned about this. We're going to find out how many businesses that are in the business of selling books, whether they're independents or chains, are prepared to put this book out front for everybody to see, or whether they're going to hide them in the boxes or on the back shelves. And if the book didn't have an impact or a potential impact, They wouldn't attack it or they wouldn't attack me. They wouldn't care. Fundamentally here, what I'm trying to express in 400 pages, and I can't do it in a few sentences, but let me just give sort of a general point. The Democrat Party is more than a political party, ladies and gentlemen. You have, in Marxist or fascist regimes or autocracies, many of which exist in what used to be free Western countries, you have an entity around which and through which people organize to destroy their countries, the status quo. It's right there in front of us. You see it happening every day. I get the same question all the time. How can this be happening? Or why is this happening? Or why do people let this happen? But that's not how you defeat a revolution like this. You've got to spread the word the way Thomas Paine did. You've got to have ideas. Ideas. The way Locke did and Montesquieu and our founders, Jefferson and So many others. You can't battle this by just complaining or watching the news or just assuming you know all about it. The smartest men and women who've ever lived on the planet felt that they were never smart enough. They read more and read more than anybody else. Among the human, be- the human species. Einstein was never done. He never stopped. He kept asking why, 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 why. And he, he kept pursuing it. Of course, he's not alone. <clears throat> you and I have been gifted, truly, with the most magnificent country on the face of the earth. Some of you are here more recently, some of you go back many generations to the founding. Some of you have lost family in major wars, some of you have fought in major wars, some of you have not. But what unites us, not all Americans unfortunately, but what unites us is our God-given right to liberty. That's what unites us. We know that we're blessed. And so when people seek to take that away from us, our declaration, our constitution, our capitalist system, our private property rights, our children, our faith, The Bill of Rights, when by schemes and plots, they seek to deny us of our God-given unalienable rights. We have to make a choice. Is that okay? Do you ever ask yourself, what's going to happen to my children and grandchildren? What is this country going to be like? You shouldn't even have to ask those questions, and yet we must because that's how dire the situation is. The Democrat Party is not just a political party that spars with the Republican Party. It's not a party that just seeks to get votes legitimately and illegitimately. It is a party that seeks to substitute its own power for the republic it seeks to substitute its own power for the republic. As autocratic parties do all over the world. There's not a dime's worth of difference between the Democrat Party and the rules and regulations that flood our businesses, our homes, our society from the Washington bureaucracy. Because the Democrat Party, for the most part, builds it, owns it, and controls it. And that's what the next budget fight is about. They want to continue to fuel it. They want to fuel it with deficit spending, massive debt, borrowing, and on the backs of average Americans. Look at every one of our institutions. Every one of them is under a life and death struggle right now. Every one of them. The right for parents to raise their children is under the greatest assault in American history. As a result of the Democrat Party surrogates, the teachers' unions. The Democrat Party pushes CRT, transgenderism, the mutilation of children without their parents' knowledge. What kind of country does that? the democrat party actually campaigns on abortion not rare like they used to argue abortion on demand at any point kind of party does that party that supported eugenics that's what kind of party the democrat party promotes as do their media out of the closet marxists who get elected as democrats bernie sanders aoc Talib, Omar, Bowman, Priestley, the numbers are growing and growing and growing. The Democrat Party is responsible for what's going on on the border. It's a man-made human disaster. And while a few of them complain, they have the power to put a stop to it and they won't. The Democrat Party has done what most autocratic regimes do. They take over their judiciary and they go through the motions of having trials with radical judges, phony juries of your peers, or prosecutors who do what they're told to do by the regime, like taking out an opponent the present regime, sending him to prison for the rest of his life if they can. A trial that's commenced in five months with 12.8 million pages of documents. So the Democrat Party is really not even about elections. Now it wants to win all elections. That's why it wants to destroy our voting system. That's why the first chance it got during the virus, the pandemic, in the blue states and the purple states, they moved in breakneck speed to change the voting laws. So you couldn't even catch them if they were committing fraud. Eliminating voter ID, eliminating signatures on absentee ballots and dates. Voter harvesting. We are counting votes after the fact. Votes a month before elections, recounting votes before the elections. Every conceivable road to fraud is taken and then legalized. And so you have the courts, most of which are occupied by like minded activists, but not exclusively, who throw the cases out of court, and then you have the conga line of people saying, well, all these cases were bought and they didn't find any fraud. Wow. It's the only election in American history where there wasn't any fraud. And it had the least amount, the least amount of security measures of any national election in American history. It's amazing, isn't it? So you cannot discuss tyranny, and totalitarianism. You cannot discuss eugenics and slavery. You cannot discuss segregation and Marxism. You cannot discuss the destruction of our economic system, your way of life, the impoverishing of people who were henceforth self-sufficient. You cannot discuss this and a thousand other things without attributing them to the Democrat Party. And that's why this book and I will come under attack. This book formally is available next Tuesday, six days from now. This book will be formally launched exclusively on Sean Hannity's one-hour show on Fox on Friday. I hope you'll watch. On the Sunday show, I will be spending part of the show discussing it as well. And then I will be doing multitudes of... Radio interviews and TV shows to promote it. It's a lot of work to write and promote a book. But it's even worse to lose a country. That's what the book's about. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
1: is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement you know the signs right short battery life so you have to have a charger on hand crack screen that gives you glass splinters ouch it's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5g samsung galaxy from pure talk for free get a free 5g samsung galaxy with two-day battery life edge-to-edge display and ultra strong gorilla glass when you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure talk, simply smarter wireless. When I go through the sponsor list to see who I want as our sponsors and how I can support them and so forth, this is what I look for. I look for the mission statement. I look for whether or not you're going to be able to really get a service or a product, whether there's real value there. So the sponsors on my show are different, I think, than most other shows. They're vetted by me. And these are the best of the best. I'll be right back. things work in Washington, D.C. The vast majority of you have never heard of a man by the name of David Ignatius. Probably couldn't spell his name. I couldn't. He's been around the Washington Compost for a very, very long time. And um, so he puts out a an opinion piece I guess uh, late last night. And of course all the cable shows can't talk about it enough. And it's a piece that says, you know, Joe Biden, you've been the greatest president, really, almost of any president. Fantastic things you've done. And you stopped Trump, of course. I love you, man. You're just the best. And come all the same with you. You're the sweetheart of sweethearts. I'm telling you, you're just fantastic. You're the best there ever was. But I, David Ignatius, columnist, left wing hitman, mouthpiece for the ruling class Democrats, who never really worked a day in my life, as I sit here as a catcher, catch whatever you have to leak, I think it's time Joe and you and Kamala take a bow, maybe get the Medal of Freedom, nay, nay, the Medal of Honor, maybe. And don't run again. And don't run again. You see, Joe, the the polls aren't adding up. Too many people think you're too old. And too many people want somebody else. And so I've got got a number of ideas, Joe. Look at yourself in the mirror. Let's be be honest with yourself. Almost 70% of Democrats think you're too old. Not just Fox News, mind you. Those reprobates. No, no, no. But fellow Democrats, fellow party members, comrades. And unfortunately, Kamala, who may I say again, I love, she's quite the sweetheart. Her numbers are lower than yours. So my fear is, you see, that you might lose. And if you lose... Well, we'll have Trump the dictator back and God knows what will happen to the country. And so some of my conservative friends have surmised that David Ignatius is the canary in the, in the mine, and this is leaked to him and he regurgitates it and then it's picked up by others and then it's safe to say these things, you see. Now, even though people at Fox have been saying this for some time, we know we can't trust them. We don't want anything to do with them. But Joe, I beg you. I'm looking you in the eyes, Joe. I'm here on the Scarborough show, you know. I would normally waste myself on a show that doesn't have any ratings, but I understand you watch this show, Joe. You watch this show with Mika and Joe. And so I'm here. I'm here to tell you that. Please have a conversation with yourself. Of course, he always has a conversation. But no, no, please have his last sentence. I hope Biden has this conversation with himself about whether to run and that he levels with the country about it. It Would focus the 2024 campaign. Who's the best person to stop Trump? That's all we need to stop Trump. Now, we don't think all these indictments might stop them. I mean, we hope they do. We're working on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. We have all kinds of goons and clowns out there bringing lawsuits and pressuring to, to take Trump off ballots. We've got our Democrat DAs. and Where else? Manhattan and Atlanta working hard. We've got Jack the Ripper Smith. He's doing his thing as best he can. We've got Judge Tanya Jackson. She's the best judge we could find, Joe. And of course, there's Merrick Garland. Who's really the chief of the cover-ups and, and the head of the Stalinist regime that seeks to take out Trump. But it might not be enough, Joe. Joe, the people may see through this. Despite your spectacular success, the people might see through this. Now, Joe Scarborough, who has been a mouthpiece for Joe Biden, well, he kind of agreed. But before we get there, I just want to show you what a chameleon Joe Scarborough is. Here's the morning schmo. Cut 21, Mr. Producer, and this is just a couple weeks ago. Cut 21, go.
5: Well, and, and, and again, they they, they cut clips short. They get him just when he's bowing his head. There's no context. And you're right. It's the what aboutism. Yes, Donald Trump may have tried to steal elections. He may have tried to destroy democracy. He may have unleashed an angry mob to beat the hell out of Capitol Hill cops. He may have stolen nuclear secrets. He may have done. But look at Joe Biden. He's so old. Uh,
1: okay. Do you really need me to describe what this A-hole said? No, we're not gonna do that. Now here he is last Tuesday.
5: Joe Scarborough. Cut twenty-two go. Joe Biden's always underestimated. Mm-hmm. He's always going to lose. Yeah, He's so always the guy, you know,
1: after he could be I, quiet. Yeah, you're him. interrupting him. Go ahead.
5: He was dead in the water. Democrats said it then. Uh, they, they said it, uh, before the election, mm-hmm. uh, they, they said it after he got elected time and again, he's too old. He's too, he's outdated. He can't get anything done. And then he passes more bipartisan legislation than anybody in 2025 20, years. Uh, they say the same thing, you know, uh, before the 2022 election, he's too old. His party's going to get crushed. There's going to be a red wave. There's not a red wave.
1: Okay. All's cool. in Biden camp. And then today on the morning, I'm just showing you what a complete putz this guy is. And by the way, he's the favorite putz of mediaite in Colby Hall. Colby? Colby! Don't touch that Colby. Certainly not in public, says Mama. Colby! Now here he is today, Scarborough. Cut 20 go.
5: Well, uh, and and Willie, just to answer David's question, uh, Mika and I, uh, everybody we talk to, every political discussion, all uh, it it talks a lot about Trump. But when it comes to Joe Biden, people say, man, he's too old to run, isn't he? I mean, he's not going to. How about that, folks? He just said
1: that people bring that up as a way to distract from Trump. Did he not, Mr. Medusia? He just said, you know, he's too old, the Republicans say, so he's going to get crushed. But he doesn't. There's no red wave. Didn't he just say that the other day, Mr. Producer? And then today he says, everybody tells me he's too old. Everybody everybody tells me, Joe Scarborough, that you're a moron. But everybody's right sometimes, and I think they are there. So what's he talking about? He's talking about what I summarized as the David Ignatius article. And everybody needs to talk about this article. It's very important. Because when David Ignatius writes something, everybody reads it except you, the American people. You don't give a damn about David Ignatius. You don't give a damn about the Washington Compost. But the people inside the Beltway, oh. Margaret. Yes, don't you remember when we had David over the other weekend? Oh, yes, yes, I do. And you served him his favorite green tea? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, Absolutely. And the Apple Danish daily lives? Don't you remember? Oh, yes, 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 I do, Margaret. Yes, yes, absolutely, 100%. But did you see what he wrote, didn't he? Washington Public? Oh, yes, yes, I did. I, I, I did. I saw what he wrote. Well, I. Up until the moment I read that article, Margaret, it was all in for Biden. But now, because David Ignatius wrote this piece, now I've got to give it a second thought. So in other words, before Ignatius wrote this piece, Biden wasn't old. Biden was the most competent president in modern American history. Biden can whip Trump. Uh, they're mocking Biden, but Biden is a man of enormous talent. And then David Ignatius writes this piece and wow wait a minute David Ignatius said what it's like Confucius says We don't need David Ignatius to tell us that Joe Biden is incapacitated mentally and that the Democrat party really doesn't care the Democrat party doesn't care if we actually have a republic They don't really care if we have a constitution. Ask the people, the 1619 Project, or the CRT folks. It's all corrupt. It's all white supremacy. They don't care about the economy. They hate capitalism. Ask their favorite economist, Bernie Sanders. But he thinks of capitalism. The open borders and so forth. Look, my view has been that they'll get behind Biden. He'll get elected if they can. This is their thinking, not mine. And then they'll remove him and replace him. Now they're afraid he can't get elected. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because they think Trump's too strong, or even anybody else, for that matter, like a DeSantis. I mean, how hard is it to debate a department store dummy? Just one debate. It's not hard at all. And notice this clown, David Ignatius, doesn't list the horribles here. The beginning, he talks about Biden has been a remarkable... President. Remarkable string of wins. He defeated President Trump in 2020. He led a Democrat rebuff of Trump's acolytes in the 2022 midterms. His Department of Justice has systematically prosecuted the January 6th insurrection, the Trump champion, and now, through Special Counsel Jack Smith, the Department is bringing Trump himself to justice. You see, you see what an autocrat the the putz is. What I admire most about President Trump is that in a polarized nation, he's governed from the center out. As he promised in his victory speech. Listen to this guy. With an unexpectedly steady hand, he passed some of the most important domestic legislation in recent decades. That's right. How's your food bill, ladies and gentlemen? Foreign policy managed the delicate balance. Let me just tell you this. When you read my book seriously, The Democrat Party Hates America, you will see this kind of slobbering over Franklin Roosevelt, over John Kennedy, over LBJ, over all of them, but particularly Roosevelt. Who was a racist and an anti Semite, a socialist and an anti constitutionalist, who so had the IRS put some of his political opponents in prison, and used the FBI very liberally, may I say. That's why I said earlier in the program if Richard Nixon had been a Democrat, it wouldn't have been a problem. David Ignatius is a mouthpiece for all of this. He's a mouthpiece for FDR, a mouthpiece for John Kennedy, a mouthpiece for Lyndon Johnson. He's a mouthpiece for Obama. He's a mouthpiece for Biden. But now we're in the middle of a revolution. We're in the middle of a revolution. We can't leave it to the pull-up you're in the shadows to run the country. And the revolution comes first. So the great Joe needs to step aside for the next great Joe. I'll be right back.
3: Mark Lobin.
1: Yeah, it's always an honor. To talk to my buddy, Dan Bongino. We don't get to talk as much as I'd like. He's got a fantastic radio show and a podcast and all the rest of it. And he's written a great book, The Gift of Failure. And I'll rethink the title of it if this book fails, Dan Bongino. Dan, what what caused you to write a book like this?
2: Well, you know, Mark, listen, no, Nobody nobody knows the book business better than you. I mean, you're, like, you're an iconic guy. I mean, Liberty and Tyranny probably was like the manifesto for the Tea Party movement. You know, I got an advanced copy of your new book, Democrats Do Hate America, by the way. Um, it's it's up there with Liberty and Tyranny. But you know with the book business, it is. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful you're coming on my show. next week you should talk about it. My audience is already looking forward to it. But uh, I, was, I, was never, I, liked, I only like to write books when I have some kind of purpose. So it's been a while. It's been about three, four years, and I wasn't really inspired. And, and when Rumble, which was the free speech competitor to YouTube, uh, when Rumble went public and we had finally succeeded in taking this parallel economy idea away from these nutbag, lunatic, psychopath liberals, and we finally took it to the public stock markets for a billion-dollar valuation— it's a funny story. I'm walking out of the NASDAQ, and it's raining, and I'm talking to my wife, and I'm getting all these tweets from crazy lunatic liberals. I may have been off their meds or something. And they're like, look at this loser Bongino rumble. He ran for Congress and law. What a loser. And everything was about me being such a loser. And I looked at Paula Mark, and I said, man, if this is losing, bring on the like, this is a pretty good. This losing feels pretty good. So... She's like, I think you should write a book about all the things you lost at wow. because you lost that a lot. You know, you dusted off and got up and did your thing. So that that's basically how the book started.
1: It's a very, very inspiring book. You know, you're, you start your career, you're a hardworking guy um, in law enforcement and so forth. And I jump to the fact that you run for a number of offices in an extremely difficult environment Maryland, which is very difficult for Republicans, even run for the Senate. Um, Remember, Julie and I came to one of the fundraisers at your house there, and uh, you had a lot of support. You did better than almost any Republican has ever done in that state. And uh, you give it another shot down in Florida, and you dust yourself up. And now you're really an international personality with real substance of following you're blown away uh, on the podcast and so forth. You got a huge hit on the radio show. This book, "Gift of Failure," it almost reminds me of this guy, Hurts, the quarterback of the of the Eagles. If you don't mind my analogy here, you know there he was in the Alabama yeah. game, a playoff game. There's 25 million people watching, and he's yanked at halftime. And he dusts himself off, and I look at him. He's he's he is a tremendous quarterback you must get down a little bit like all the rest of us. How do you pick yourself back up? You explain everything that you've done in the book. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's hard, Mark. I mean, listen, my, in the Senate race, I got, I I just got annihilated. I mean, it was humiliating. I got destroyed. Uh, it was a three person race. It was really an, you know, an embarrassing performance. I mean, I did my best. I knocked on all these doors and it didn't happen. So, you know, I, I figured, all right, well, I'm not going out like that. Then I'm running for Congress in a hugely Democrat district at D-plus. Leave like it right there. District. Leave it right there. Yeah.
1: That I, I, This is very, very important. And so he gets blown out in the Senate. You know, he could have been glum for the rest of his life, but he wasn't. And this is where I want to pick up, Dan. The book is The Gift of Failure. Get it at Amazon.com. All my social platforms, we have them. I encourage you to get it. We'll be right back.
0: Call in
1: now, 877 381 You know, uh, Dan Bongino's book, ladies and gentlemen, The Gift of Failure. I want to talk, after Dan talks to us about that Senate race and how he felt right after it, I want to go to the part, because we only have a limited amount of time, where he gives advice. And I'm going to tell you something. When I read this, I found out I needed to follow some of this because I wasn't doing it and the advice is absolute genius so just stick with me a second i have something to offer you today folks something absolutely free hillsdale college the great american college with a huge and effective educational outreach effort on behalf of liberty is giving away free copies of the constitution and declaration of independence in honor of constitution day this month so dan bongino we were talking about this senate race you felt humiliated you were You were kind of beat up, you left the state actually, because I know you you folks wanted to be in Florida uh for among other reasons yeah. uh the environment of of Florida, and you decided to run again by the way
2: yeah. what was that all yeah, about so we get crushed. we get annihilated in the Senate race is brutal i mean and the thing about politics is you know it's like our business, you know mark when you fail in this business and in politics, you fail publicly it's 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 not like. You know, All even right. in the Secret Service when I was there, if you screwed up and no one said anything about it, you fixed it, nobody knew anything, the old, you know, uh, the tree fall in the mm-hmm. woods thing. But not in our business. If you suck, everybody knows it. And it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of pressure. So I run for Congress again. We almost win in a big, huge Democrat district uh, that no one's come within double digits, uh, not even within, I think, 15 points of winning. We lose by one point. We actually win on election day. And so I'm like, gosh, we got beat up again. It's over. Moved to Florida. Finally, the third time I run, I think this is it. It turns out to be a bad race. I get smoked. I'm like, this really sucks. And I thought when it occurred to me that, you know, Mark, one of the lessons in the book uh, is sometimes you ask God for an answer, and he answers no. And you're just not willing to accept it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a believer. You know, I, I've always been. I, I pray to Jesus every night and ask him for, you know, to be a better man tomorrow than I was today. And, and you know, I kept asking him, is this, is this the right call? And he kept giving me every sign that it wasn't. That me and politics weren't going to work out. And I just kept ignoring it. So, you know, I write in the book, sometimes you ask for answers. The answer is no. You just mm-hmm. got to listen. That's the thing. And it was not for me. I don't have the temperament for that. I, you know, unlike you, Mark, unlike you, I, I'm an, I don't have a bad temper, unlike Mark Levin. You, I don't have a bad temper at all. I mean, I have a horrible temper. Mark, you're a very controlled guy. Uh, you don't. So I don't have the patience for that bull stuff. I just don't. Right. So that's how I got into talk radio with you. I mean, with you and Sean, that's in there too. Like, I wouldn't have been doing this. Without you and Sean, I mean that whole story, how it started, is, is in the book. I mean, I have this show right now, twelve to three. We we lost your great friend Rush Limbaugh, who I had never met, and I could never ever replace in a quadrillion years. But, um, you know, I, I'm in the spot. I enjoy it, but I'm only there because of you and Sean. And you guys are very humble about it. All right, right.
1: listen to me. You You're way too-, too gracious. Number one. Number two. No. When I got into this business, I said to Rush, how the hell am I going to follow you and Hannity? And you know what he said to me, Dan Bongino? Hopefully I said it to you. But nobody's heard from you. Nobody's heard from mm-hmm. Dan. Those are words I've of
2: wisdom. Never heard that. It's incredible. Words of wisdom, but I'm glad you just said that. Because it makes I, me feel better. Because Mark... Feel guilty I, you're not replacing it. anybody. You're Dan Bongino. I know, but I feel terrible about it. Because, I, you know... I mean, obviously, having gone through um, cancer myself with, you know, not the same result, I just – you know, I, I, when you grow up a fan of people, it's different. Like, I listen to what everybody listened to, Rush, mm-hmm. Sean, and Mark. I mean, that's, that's been the last 20 years of radio. If you didn't listen to Rush, Sean, and Mark – you you weren't a conservative, well, you were living on Jupiter or something like that. Just didn't. I don't mean Jupiter, Florida. I mean like, <laughs> like that didn't. You guys were it. I mean that was what you did. You you listened for nine hours. Sometimes you tuned in and out, but that was it. And then when he left, you know, we still have you two guys, but it just left this big hole. And I mean, I get it. I it's nothing I or anyone else could have done. it was God's time, and that's it. But you know, when you grow up a fan of someone, it's just.
3: I, I don't know, I man. Just it's just
2: think, different. Dan, like I'm on the radio thinking to myself, I don't want to listen to me. I'd rather listen to him right now. Like I don't but listen, you know,
1: just, I, I I I obviously I can't speak for him, but I was very close to him. I think he'd be very, very proud by what you do a, each and every day on the air. Carry the flag, push for liberty. On the back of your book, the book is The Gift of Failure, folks. It's really a very easy to read book and it is filled with gems here i mean i really had to dig through in order to decide what i wanted to talk about i get to the afterword here and you posted something uh and then you go back to it at the end of the book and you have these uh just a couple of paragraphs really of really brilliant brilliant advice and you say look i learned this the hard way but you have advice here that i still don't follow that i that i need to follow for instance let's go through a couple of these Number one, grit and determination are far more determinative of success than intelligence, looks, or athleticism. He said, I've met a lot of very smart people who stumbled and simply failed to get up. The world is littered with gifted people who failed to get up after the fall. They don't see failure as a gift to learn from, but an insurmountable obstacle. Look around you. You'll see those people everywhere, and you'll never unsee it. And then look at the gritty people. Chances are... They've had incredible failures before their most profound achievements. That is, that is brilliant. And uh, when did you start following that advice? Or, or, or not advice, but when did you start following your own advice on that?
2: Well, I was sick when I wrote that. I was really sick. I had, had um, some stuff going on, and I was in really bad shape. And I was sitting in my house and I thought, gosh, if I can only talk to my younger self right now, Because you know, when you're sick, you know, you're bored because you can't go contaminate other people. So <laughs> I'm sitting there and I thought to myself, what would I tell my younger self? And I thought that, I mean, Mark, you and I have had the honor uh, due to our great audiences. Um, uh, some of which overlap, I'm sure a lot of it. Uh, these mm-hmm. people have been there for us and they've enabled guys like you and me to be around very successful people. They did this for us.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and I learned this. I'm like, I'm talking to people who are annoyed. I'm not just talking about political people and business people. I'm talking about athletes and other folks, entertainers. And you notice they almost have nothing in common. They're not all good looking. They're not all smart. They're not all Mm -hmm. athletic. They just all have this one trait. They'll tell you 25 stories about getting told no before they got told that I call the big yes. You know, Mm -hmm. some radio station said, Hey, Mark, you're going national, buddy. Like they, they, they think this happens overnight, and it right. doesn't. I mean, you can tell stories, because I've heard your stories, me and you are friends. This didn't happen overnight. Like, it was this station, and, and then there was a big success here, and then boom, all of a sudden, like this opportunity, And mean, oh my gosh, Markle's in, overnight success. I always say, yeah, I'm an overnight success. It took 12 years. I mean, <laughs> 12 years of overnight. I mean, none of this stuff happened. I mean, Rush passed way too quickly, and someone called me and said, Hey, man, it's your turn. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen overnight. I had to build this enormous podcast first. Mm-hmm. I had a, a guest host for you, for Sean. I, I, I had to not embarrass you guys. And I thought, it's all grit. Like, it's grit. I'm not the smartest guy. Believe me, I ain't, I, I'm i at the media. I'm, 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 I'm not dumb, but I'm not going to sit here and tell your audience, hey, I got a 1600 on my SAT. I didn't. I just read a lot of stuff. You know, I never Mm. lost a debate on Fox. I can tell you that right now. It's not because I'm smarter than these guys. It's because you're self-taught. because I just read everything. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm self-taught. All right, I want to hit another one
1: that strikes very close to home that I can't seem to get a hold of and I need to. Number four, sleep is the game changer. Show me someone sleeping four hours a night and I'll show you you half a person. Dan, I sleep four hours a night. I can't break it. I know. And, and you're hundred percent right, you know, but you're a hundred percent right.
2: Listen, Mark, I, 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 I'm, I'm an, I'm, I'm 48. I've been through 19 orthopedic surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation, childhood asthma. Okay. My family's got a history of diabetes. I have the worst gene code you've ever seen. And I'm telling you at 48, I'd argue being through all of that outside of some like arthritic pain, I've never felt better. I've never been in better shape, and it's the craziest thing. Sleep was the key to the whole thing. My entire life, I'm taken supplements, vitamin C, collagen, berberine, you name a supplement I take it. I'm on all this stuff. I feel terrible. I'd be on the radio sometimes on the show ready to pass out, and I'm thinking to myself, it's got to be something wrong. I get this crazy aura ring thing. I start monitoring my sleep. I was sleeping like a dog like a dog. I mean like, and I figured I, you start figuring out tricks. Once you master sleep, change your whole life. Your entire Mm. life will be different. You will never be the same person again. And if you think I'm overselling that, I I did not put it in a book for nothing. Go get yourself one of those sleep monitors, figure out your sleep. You'll be a changed person. I I mean it. I mean, it was so important. I put it at the end of the book.
1: And I know it is, and it creates problems for the heart. And, uh, I will tell you something I haven't told anybody, and I'll tell the whole world. I had the Inspire uh, product put in my chest uh, with a wire up to the back of the throat uh, because of sleep apnea because I wasn't going to wear those damn masks. I don't know. Julie yeah, might be mad yeah. at me for talking about it, but I'm talking about it. So um, and
2: I do. Um, time. Paula gets mad at me for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I share way too much with you. But Mark, that's why. But you have to understand, like, You know, that's why you you're the most powerful talk radio host in the country. But, you know, that people want to feel like they know you. They don't want to feel cheated. So when I'm on the show, I learned how to be a radio host from this cat named Mark Levin. I mean, I listened to you for years. I tell everyone, like, everything I learned on the radio, I learned from you. Everything. Everything. Whether it's the allegiance to the Constitution. No, man, it's true. It's true. And, and you're, you know, I don't mean it to be a love fest, cause, yeah, you're a, but it's just true. Why not? Wait, I have like, one in five
1: years because I'm not in love with anybody else. No. Tom will tell you the truth except my own family and wife. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this one. This is, I think, a very, very important one, which we're basically doing here. Choose your friends wisely. That is oh so crazy. You don't have to have a lot of them, you say. but have g- And by the way, I met two of your friends at a restaurant when I was in... Uh, Florida. Oh, to, nice story. people.
2: Nice people. They loved you. Mark, so yes, I uh, uh, ch- choose your friends wise. it's at the end of the book. You do not need a lot of friends, folks. I don't have a lot of friends because Mark, I, I don't know I don't want to overshare, but I think like you, I just don't I don't trust a lot of them. I'm sorry, I've been burned a lot. So I just right. don't let a lot of people in my network. But the people I let in who I who I know I can trust, like that guy, the orthodontist you met, who yep, said you could yep. not have been nicer. I, he's like Dan. Mark Levin is the <laughs> nicest guy. He ran into. I know the restaurant too, so I'm going back there in a couple. It's a great weeks. Great restaurant. And uh, that guy's the greatest guy. I met him. He was a parent of one of my uh, my daughter's schoolmates, and we go on vacations together. And Mark, I'll tell you, there's and, and I mentioned in the book at the end with choosing your friends that you, you know, sometimes you can't rely on, on family. so Sometimes they'll let you down too. But if you can have a friend to vent and unload all this stuff on mm-hmm. and, you know, and and he just gets it and it's not a, a, a labor to talk to them, you're not like you don't have to think of something every two minutes. You can actually just sit there quiet once in a while. That is worth Uh, billions of dollars in income to your life, what it would give you an equivalent value. Uh, It's nothing like it. So you don't need a lot of friends. You just need some Honestly,
1: Dan, I wish we had an hour. Because I love hearing you. I love talking to you. You have tremendous insight. Tremendous insight, life experiences. But you got a very... Good noggin on top of your shoulders there. Very, very smart <laughs> dude. You know, you really are. And self-taught in many ways. I know I am. Most things I learned, trust me, I didn't learn in college and law school. I had to forget most of that. But you, it's, it's, really, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's really genuine. And, folks, I really want you to grab this book. It's going to make a difference. The Gift of Failure, and I'll rethink the title if this book fails by Dan Bongino. The Gift of Failure by Dan Bongino. And the other thing you are is you're a tremendous patriot. And Dan, I want to thank you for thank your friendship. You. I want to thank you for your decency and your kindness. And I want to thank you for this book. Folks, get the book and grab it All now, right. The Gift of Failure by Dan Bongino. This is a very different book. And God bless you, my brother.
2: Hey, Mark, you're a good man. And, uh, you know, I know you've got a lot going on and for me to come on your show and for you to let me do this. I'm it's an honor. i to it. It's an honor. You're a good man. I wouldn't have wrote the book without you, man. Oh well. I wouldn't have been I'm, here without you. And your audience needs to know that. Thank
1: we're you. We're gonna sir. have to meet up in Florida, all of us. Take care of yourself, brother. He's Thank great. You. He is exactly as he sounds. There's no affectation, nothing. He's just a great guy. I'll be right back. Much
3: Levin.
1: Dan really is a fantastic guy. What you heard him say, that's how he is in person. He's self-effacing. I don't think he should be, uh, but he is. That's the way he is. And anything he's succeeded at, he's succeeded at because of him, not me or anybody else. That's a fact. Uh, Anybody can ask you to substitute, but if you're not good, it doesn't matter. And I'm not even in charge of those decisions. Corporatists are in charge of those decisions. But uh, he's the real deal. He's a dear friend, and his family's fantastic. And I really want you to check out his book, The Gift of Failure. It's a terrific book, folks. And there's a lot of wisdom in this book. You know, sometimes people write books to just talk about themselves and promote themselves. That's not this book. Dan shows you everything. And explains what he did about it. So it's written from the heart, and I want to encourage you to get it. The Gift of Failure, Amazon.com. It's on all of our social sites, any major bookstore. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the freedom fighters in Taiwan and Ukraine, our trucker brothers and sisters, and most of all, you folks. God bless you. Thank you for being there. We'll do this again tomorrow. And run to Amazon and get The Gift of Failure by Dan Bongino. It's a great
3: book. See you tomorrow. God bless.